who is the health of my countenance and my God. Psalm 42. I want you to command your soul to praise God this morning. Command your soul to praise God this morning. And ask your soul, why are you disquieted? Why are you in trouble? Hope in God. Because I shall yet praise him. Will you demonstrate that this morning? Will you demonstrate that this morning, right now? How about right now? How about right now? How about you tell the devil right now? I will yet praise him. I shall yet praise him. You cannot hold me down. You cannot disquiet my spirit. You cannot bow my knee. You cannot bow my head. For I shall yet praise him. How about we demonstrate that now? How about we demonstrate it now? You give us a song. I commend my soul to bless the Lord. I commend my soul to bless the Lord. I commend my soul to bless the Lord. I commend my soul to bless the Lord.
Bible says. If you are a man of world, or you have an experience in fighting war or battle, the only way you know the winning side in the battle is through the shout. that. So every time that you are going through a hard time, all he wants to do is bow your head. All he wants to do is disquiet your soul. Hard times are real. But we need to know what else is real. If you are born again, according to the scripture, you cannot pass through hard time alone. There is always somewhere in the impact of the boat where the man of peace is sleeping and it's never troubled and in your hard time moment if only you recognize he is there rather than crying or wailing or weeping you could have just gone to him and say master all hell has broken loose. Do you not care that we perish? And once he hears your voice, because he is against being perished, he does not wish any man to perish, not even sinner. When a believer says to him, carest thou not that we perish? That word that we perish activates him. He will stand from wherever he's sleeping. It doesn't matter which cloud he's at at that point. He's going to put a stop to it. And he's going to address your trouble. And he will put calmness back into the situation. Hard times are real. So is Jesus. Hard times are real. And no one is immune against them. Even believers. But we need to always look at the other side of the coin. What else is real? Because oftentimes what we say is, you know, we have to talk about reality. 
Okay, I'm going through real reality, real hard time. Yes, and that's the reality. That's true. But how about we look at the entire landscape of reality? As opposed to looking at just one that the devil wants us to concentrate on. Do you want to sit for a few moments? And let's see if we can take a look at that quickly. And will we do this again? Because the only way you know the winning side is by the sound of their victory sound. The plain truth about hard times. The plain truth about hard times. It's what we want to look at. You know, our time is fast, spent. I'm just going to cut through the shish. I want us to start by reading. We come back to Psalm 42 because some of the things we need to do is what we are doing right now. And that's why I want us to begin to do it right now. We'll come back to Psalm 42 as we close. But let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. The plain truth about hard times. And let's read quickly um, from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm reading from verse 1. I will go to message translation later. Let me quickly go through this because of most of us are having either King James or New King James. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the sins which are in Achaia. Grace be unto you, and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the suffering of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounded by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the suffering, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we will not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had this sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which reset the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Let's look at this in message translation for those of us that 
do not like this strong, dossier English version. There is a simpler version we can look at from verse number one. Paul have been sent on a special mission by the Messiah Jesus plan by God himself. I write this to you, God's congregation in Corinth, and to believers all over Achaia province. May all the gifts and benefits that come from God our Father and the Master Jesus Christ be yours. Timothy, someone you know and trust joins me in the greeting, in this greeting. All praise to the God, our Father of our Master Jesus, the Messiah, Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel. He comes alongside us. I want you to begin to pay attention. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. Now, this is a point you can never allow to get out of your memory. When I go through hard times, he's right there. Right there. As long as that consciousness is there, the next thing you will do will be different. That consciousness is going to influence whatever else happens. Every time a believer faces or faces a challenging or a hard time. If this is not the case, if this is not registered as an indelible print in our memory, you see, our action and activities are likely going to be misinformed. And it, there, there may likely be some missteps when we get into these hard times. But it says, he comes along, side with us, when we go through hard times. And before you know it, he bring, brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. Every time he brings you out of trouble or out of hard time, there's one objective in his mind. And that's the objective. Because someone else near to you your, within your circles of influence is going to go through that same challenge or another challenging time. And he's going to be waiting and sitting back to see if I have trained you anything, if you have learned anything from me at all. He's waiting comfortably, letting you do it. That's how he trains. The objective of God is to send Jesus here to train us. And one of his training tools is hard times. Hard time is a tool in the hand of God. And when he allows you to go through hard time, he's going to make sure he's there with you. That's why he said in 2 Corinthians, there is no temptation that has overcome you that is not common to men. But he will always do what? Provide a way out. Because it's always there. It is a training tool. It's a training time. It's a training material. And while he is sitting there and making sure he walks you out of that. What he is doing is he has given you one, maybe, hard time 101. And now he is going to sit back and watch how you use it. How you begin to exhibit that same character. And that's what he's saying here. So that the next person he is bringing along your side who is going through hard time, he wants to see you now do what he did. He said, I do not do anything unless which, that which I see my father do. The same principle Jesus is trying to use. Because Jesus will not do anything unless what he has seen the father do. So as he is taking us through these steps, he is watching. 
He wants us to see how he's doing it, and he's going to sit behind and watch you do it. That's the difference between training and teaching. Amen? Let's move forward quickly. We have plenty of hard times. I mean, plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah. But no more than the good times of his healing comfort. We cannot continue to look at one side of the coin. We have to always look at the other side of the coin. It is a fact of life that if you are in Christ, you're going to face a lot of difficult moments. You're going to go through hard times. I don't know, you know, if you have been given any heretical teaching that says when you get born again, everything is going to be hunky-dunky. I'm sorry, that's an error. In this world, you shall have tribulations. But be of good cheer because I have overcome. You are not immune because you are born again. But the difference is, you can never be alone going through hard time. That's the difference. Jesus plus you in the hard time makes all the difference. Hallelujah. But it says here that we cannot neglect the other side of the coin. We have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah. But no more than, no more so than the good times of his healing comfort. We get a full measure of that too. Let's move forward. When we suffer for Jesus, it works out for your healing and salvation. If we are treated well, giving a helping hand and encouraging word, that also works to your benefit. Spurring you on, face forward. Unflinching, face forward, unflinching. Your hard times are also our hard times. Amen? Move forward. We stop at verse 10. When we see that you are just as willing to endure the hard times, as to enjoy the good times, we also know. We know you are going to make it. No doubt. As long as you can balance the two, you will make it. Amen? Say to your neighbor, I know you will make it. It was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it. Next verse. We don't want you in the dark friends, about how hard it was when all this came down on us in Asia province. It was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it. We felt like we were being sent to death row, that it was all over for us. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our strength or wits, to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea, since he is the God who raises the dead. Amen. Let's read, read, read one more verse. And he did it. Rescued us from certain doom. And he will do it again. Rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. That's it. That's it. We, they, they were so sure. How many times, if I ask, you know, by show of hand, don't show your hand, 
But how many troubles have you gone through since you were born? How many difficult moments have you had? How many hard times have you passed through? Why are you still here? Why hasn't any of those taken you away? Or knocked you down that you can never stand up again? The devil is a liar. See? If you take the inventory of the hard times that you have gone through in your short lifespan, you know immediately that the devil is lying to you when you face the next hard time. Because it's just going to be like the last one. You're going to go through it. It's going to be very difficult, but you're going to come out on the other side. If you focus on him. Why? Because he's always there with you. It's always there. It's always going to be there. As many times as we need it. It's always, always there. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We are going to begin to kick some ASS. Yeah? We are no longer going to allow Satan to take us for a ride. Okay? Enough of bowing our head. You see, I sense that coldness. I sense that, you know, gloominess. You know, you see, pastor talked about this. Somebody has talked about this. Looks like everybody is. This is a sanctuary. This is not a mortuary. The victory side never keep quiet. They are always shouting. They are always excited. We can no longer tolerate the devil using hard times to deceive us, to bow our heads, and to walk around as the entire heaven is on our shoulders. But we are carrying the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords inside of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, my friend, hard times are real. But the plain truth about it is there are several other things that are real that we're not acknowledging. If we acknowledge those things, things will be different. Amen? And quickly, I'm going to just run through. The truth number one that we need to know is that hard times are real. Okay, that's what we've been saying over and over. Truth number two is that no one is immune. No one is immune against hard time. If anyone was qualified, it would have been the master Jesus. Since Jesus was not immune, you can as well just put no one there. No one is immune against hard times. Every man born under this planet will face one hard time or the other. And so that's truth number two. We need to acknowledge that. Number one is that it is real. It is as real as me and you. The difference for Christian is that he's always going to be there with you. That's the difference. He's always going to be there. When you pass through the waters, say, I will be there. I will not allow it to overwhelm you. When you go through the fire, some of us just say, why do I have to go through the fire? That's the problem. He said, when, not if. When you go through the fire, why not just leap me over? That's what we are paying attention to. We are paying attention to the fire. 
And the daring, consuming, you know, fire is rare, you know, and it's scary. But the other side of it said, I will not allow it to consume you. Why is that not comfortable? I mean, he's saying, I'm going to give you a fireproof blanket. Why then are you still worried to go through the fire? Amen? So the truth is, he will always be there. And that's enough for me. That's comforting for me. Amen? That's why the devil cannot bow my head. He can't bow my head. It doesn't matter what you bring. Because I know he's right there with me. And if he is with me, then we will just as well walk through to the other side. Amen? Truth number three. I don't have time to give you scriptures. John 16, 33 is one of the scriptures you can use for truth number two. Uh, in the later part, he told us, I've mentioned that. He said, in this world, you will have tribulations. There is no exemption. Amen? Um, truth number three, because of time, I'm just going to flip through. Then we go to do the last part of it. Truth number three is that there is no hard time you will go through that someone else has not gone through. And that's why relationship is very critical. There is no hard time you will go through that someone has not gone through. Because Jesus has been in this business for 2000, over 2,000 years. Wherein he is training people. He's taking some people through hard times in order to prepare them to help someone else. So there is someone that Jesus has trained through hard times or through the very specific hard time you are going through. Jesus has trained that fella because of you. So that when you go through it, that fella will be the one to help you throughout. But you will only meet that fellow through relationship, through friendship. If you are a Christian and you are not friendly, you're really going to face a lot of multiple troubles because that's trouble on its own. We got to be friendly. We got to be lively. Not only for what you give, but because of what you get. Someone who Jesus has trained to help you through your trouble will only be able to do so if you have met, if there is a connection, if there is a relationship. And I'm guaranteeing you there is no trouble that you will meet on your ways that Jesus has not positioned that meeting to happen. He has already positioned that connection to happen. You might have jeopardized it. You might have ruined it. He has brought someone to your life that has been trained on this hard time that you are going to face in the future, but you have not taken proper attention to cultivate friendship, to cultivate relationship that Jesus has already planned to be part of your destiny helper. Amen? So, there is no temptation that has come over you. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 is a very familiar story. We should, uh, we should cultivate those relationships because you never can know. Um, truth number four, hard times will not last forever. Again, all you need to do is to take the inventory of the hard times you've had. Some of them are no longer here, are they? 
You are no longer going through some of that, are you? You've passed to the other side. It is for a moment. I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 that says this momentary affliction is for a moment. It's never going to, there is no hard time that is designed to last forever. Every hard time has an expiration date. You need to be conscious about that. That's the truth. Every hard time has an expiration date. Amen? Truth number five. I've said it already. Hard times are tools in the hand of God. Let's just go to that 2 Corinthians chapter 4 quickly since I'm close to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Um, truth number 5, hard time will never last forever. Uh, uh, truth number 5, hard time are tools in the hand of God. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm looking for verse 16, uh, yeah, for that cause we faint, okay, 16, let's, look, let's do 16 and 17. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, I'm feeling the pain, I'm feeling the heat. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. This moment, this, 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 this moment we are in now is to get us to that level. Wherein, even though our outward circumstances is so unconducive, it's, it's hard that the inward man knows what is going on. And he's not going to allow his hair to be bowed or her hair to be bowed, no. Amen? In verse 17 says, For our light affliction, which is for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I think we've done a message on that before, so you can go back and listen to that message. It is for a moment, and it is working for us. Say to your neighbor, all the hard times are designed to work for you. See, because once our mentality changed, then you begin to see it, a different reaction. If I know that the heart, look at that word we read, it said it is the best thing. We thought we would never make it. We thought we would never come out of it. But at the end of the day, it turns out to be the best thing that could ever happen to them. See? If we begin to learn from all this and begin to reorientate ourselves, when hard time comes, you will have a different response. All of a sudden, our countenance are no longer bowed. Amen? Amen? So again, it is for a moment. James chapter 1 verse 2, we can study those. We know all of these scriptures. I don't want to waste time going through them. Okay? And so... Um, if you read that in the NIV, uh, in the message version, that was James chapter 2. I think verse 2 and 4 says, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come to you from all sides. See, I mean, these are, these are not small things. These are not, um, you know, I'm having a headache. No. We're talking about re all side 
you know, all heaven breaking loose. Okay? And God is saying, consider a sheer gift. See, I mean, those are, the, those, those are the issue. Those are the issues. I mean, it is inhuman. It is not humanly comprehensible to be faced with bullets from all sides as a soldier. I'm going to call for help. I'm going to be, you know, doing it down below. Yeah. So to tell me to consider that a sheer gift. I mean, that when I'm being faced with all kinds of challenges, that's the time I should be rejoicing. It's going to take some acculturation. It's going to take some acculturation. It's going to take some getting used to. It's going to take some practice, and that's what we have to do. It is not the prettiest thing. It is not the easiest thing to do. I was counseling someone, you know, one of his sisters, like a daughter in the Lord. And they've had sheer moments of all around assault. Their first child, a baby, like about four years old, has been in the hospital, coma, for weeks, for months. I mean, serious, serious, acute pneumonia. Out of surgery, back to surgery, out of surgery. The same moment, the wife had to quit job. This is a young couple just trying to set their life. She's still preparing for, her, you know, preparing for her board exam. She was going to be a medical doctor. Now she couldn't do any of those. Now she couldn't go to work or do anything. You think that is already enough? The husband got fired. You tell me about her time. And you tell me how you want to cancel that person to dance. And to praise. And to consider it a sheer gift. How do you, I mean, are you kidding me, God? That would be my response to God. And I said to her, trust me, I am not ever afraid to say God's word. I said, this is a sheer gift. This is something that you should celebrate about. <laughs> and she laughed. She said, I, I, I wish I could. To cut the long story short, the baby has come out of ICU as of today. She's now in rehabilitation. Wonderful doctor said she might never leave Noma again. She called me again and said, oh, they said she, I said, okay, haven't you learned anything? They told you she cannot make it. Now she's out of ICU. And now they are telling you she might never leave. I mean, come on, come on. When will you learn? She's going to leave Noma. Amen. That's my response to her. The doctors were not wrong. They were only looking at statistics. 
but I'm more right because I'm looking at the word of life. The husband got a job. She's now back in her training class studying for a board exam. You tell me, when the Lord turns the captivity of Zion, we are like men that dreams. And I said, the reason why you probably are going through this is because God is preparing you for someone else who is going to go through it. So hard times are real. It's no joke. But so is the word of God. Amen? Amen. So the truth number five is that it's a tool in the hand of God. And we're going to begin to live our lives with this truth. Amen? So it is possible. When I'm being challenged from all sides, it is absolutely possible to consider it a share gift and begin to look from the eyes of the word of God and begin to celebrate. Amen? And begin to dance. Hallelujah. I'm going to close. Three things that I think we can do when you're going through hard time. Three things, quickly. I'm going to mention them. I'm not going to go into details. Number one, that I do, that I think we should do, acknowledge that God is in that moment with you. Take cognizance of that. Have a mental consciousness that he is right there in that moment with you. In this hard time period, in this difficult, troublesome, just acknowledge that he is there. You are not alone. That is critical because it affects everything else. It changes the dynamics. Amen? That's the number one thing that I want us to do. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 through, through the, the book of Mark, Mark chapter 4, 35 through 38. You remember the story when they were in the sea, perishing? I mean, carest thou not that we perish? I just mentioned it earlier on. Acknowledge that he is there. Imagine if they forgot that he was there in the boat, in that turbulent moment when the wind was so, you know, ferocious. Imagine if they forgot that Jesus was in that same boat. That's the way it appears to us, okay? Jesus is always in our fellowship. In our fellowship. The sheep of fellows. He is always there. But if we forget, guess what will happen? We think we are alone. It's in there because he's the sheep of fellows. And he's a fellow. He's always in there. And because he was there, one of the disciples said, Well, he's here. Master, you still snoring? And immediately, the Bible said he spoke and there was calm. And everybody was, what? Even the wind listens to of calves. He created them. There is no trouble that troubles you that he didn't know about. He has the antidote. Amen? But you got to acknowledge that he is there. 
consciously. Don't be religious about it. Make it an act of habit. It is something that is indelible in your heart. I cannot go through it alone. He is always there. Amen? Amen. Number two, talk to him. Talk to him. See, if you just rely on the fact that he's there and you will not talk to him, okay, you might as well end up in the bottom of the sea with him. He will be there. He will not leave you. Because he wants you to learn. You need to talk to him. The disciple went to him and said, Master, do you think Jesus didn't know the turbulence was going on? He knew. He was snoring, sleeping. Snoring is my emphasis. I added that. <laughs> he was sleeping. He knew all that was going on. But he wanted to see if they would acknowledge his presence. He wanted to see if they would come and call him, if they would talk to him. You need to talk to him when you are going through hard time rather than talking to others. Most times, he is the last person you're going to talk to. It would be an afterthought. Why? Because we didn't acknowledge he was there all the time. He should not be the last person to, he should be the first to know. You should be the first to be contacted. You should be on your speed dial. Amen? Amen? The last point. I don't have time to go through it. There are scriptures. But you can go do your due diligence. You just take the point. The last point is, talk to your soul. Acknowledge that he is there. Talk to him. Talk to yourself. Talk to your soul. I can guarantee you, you are stubborn youth. Okay, it's not an insult. I'm a stubborn me. You are a stubborn you. Okay, the reason is because you have a spirit, you have a body, you have a soul. They are always waging war against one another. Okay? So there has to be a way to bring synergy to this me. Okay? I need to talk to me after I've talked to him. Okay? I need to speak to me. I need to... Command my soul. I need to, and that's what we're going to do now. Okay? That's what we're going to do now. We don't have time to go back to um, Psalm 42. But that's where, you know, we want, to, we want to look at. Amen? We want to talk to your soul. Talk to yourself. See, if, if we have time to read all those scriptures in John, in John 16, 31, 33, it said, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. Okay? You have to command yourself, okay, to align with what is here. You command your soul to align with what you know. It is a fact that you know Jesus is with you, right? You need to make, it, make a conscious effort to talk to yourself. Talk yourself into it. Talk yourself into believing all those things if you're having difficulty believing it. Talk yourself into it. Talk to yourself. Command your soul. You cannot be disquieted. That's what uh, David, you know, does more than anyone else. That's why I love that psalm that we read earlier on. Let's just go there and we pray. Um, let's go to Psalm 42. Psalms 42 and we're close now. Three point, acknowledge he's there. Talk to him and talk to your soul. Talk, command your soul, if you will. Okay? What you want to see happen. Amen? You might want to talk to a situation. I, I'm not... You know, I'm not going that far. But I want you to do, take note of those 
And when you do your studies, you will see a few other things that you may want to do, but these are key. Amen? Let's rise on our feet. Let me just read a few, take like two, two more minutes to read a few scriptures here. Psalm 42. As the heart panted after the water, brooks, so panted my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsted for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night. Why they continually say unto me, where is thy God? So you're always crying and always bowing his head because he's hearing all those things because of circumstances. That used to be David, not anymore. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. Are you hearing? I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept holy day. I used to be rejoicing, shouting, and praising, but now my heads are bowed. Now he now commanded his soul. Say, this is not right. Say, why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his continent. You can continue to read that. He was challenging himself. He said, I used to be happy. I used to be jumping up in the house of God, praising God. Now, tears is all I do, day and night, just weeping and crying and singing all those songs. God help my soul. Say, <laughs> so why have thou disquieted within me? He has to command his soul. He has to come alive and come to his senses. This is not right. And I want us to do that, beginning from now on. And cry to our soul and say, why are you disquieted? Why are you troubled? Why are you in torment? Don't you know I will yet praise him? Don't you understand I will yet praise him? Because I was with them. I was with the congregation. When we went into his house, praising and jumping. Now because I'm going through hard time, why are you disquieted within me? Why are you troubled? Why are you troubled? If you look at David and study him very well, that was his attitude. He commanded his soul. He commanded himself to align with what is real. Because one side of the coin is the trouble. The other side of the coin is that God has consoled you over and over and over and over again. You have seen many trouble and you have come back to praise him over and over and over again. And so that should be what we concentrate on. Let's bow our head and talk to God. Talk to God this afternoon. I don't know if you came in here with a moody, you know, disquieted spirit. Your soul is downcast. You are in torment and you are asking all kind of questions. You should be talking to God. You should be talking to yourself. You should acknowledge that God is right in this moment with you. And that you will yet praise him. It doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter what it is. You will yet praise him. You convince your soul. You command your soul to align with what God has spoken. To align with what God has said. And say, my soul, you will not be disquieted. You will not go moody. You will not bow your head to circumstances or situation. 
because Jesus is right here with me. Amen.